Before the Fellowship was the greatest story you've never heard. I'm Cameron. I'm Dan. And I'm Greg. Join us as we read and react to The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. Last time we heard how the Valar set the path of the sun and the moon. They also hid Valinor away, raising up the Pelori Mountains and making the sea impassable. Today we read chapter 12 of Quenta Silmarillion, which can be found on page 103 of the second edition. Chapter 12 of Men The Valar sat now behind their mountains at peace, and having given light to Middle-earth, they left it for long untended, and the lordship of Morgoth was uncontested, save by the valor of the Noldor. Most in mind, Ulmo kept the exiles, who gathered news of the earth through all the waters. From this time forth were reckoned the years of the sun. Swifter and briefer are they than the long years of the trees in Valinor. In that time, the air of Middle-earth became heavy with the breath of growth and mortality, and the changing and aging of the things was hastened exceedingly. Life teemed upon the soil and the, in the waters in the second spring of Arda, and the Eldar increased, and beneath the new sun, Beleriand grew green and fair. At the first rising of the sun, the younger children of Iluvatar awoke in the land of Hildorian, in the eastward regions of Middle-earth. But the first sun arose in the west, and the opening eyes of men were turned towards it, and their feet, as they wandered over the earth, for the most part, strayed that way. The Atani they were named by the Eldar, the second people. But they called them also Hildor, the followers, and many other names. Apenonar, the afterborn, Engwar, the sickly, and Firimar, the mortals. And they named them the usurpers, the strangers, and the inscrutable, the self-cursed, the heavy-handed, the night-fearers, the children of the sun. Of men, little is told in these tales, which concerned the eldest days before the waxing of mortals and the waning of the elves, save of those fathers of men, the Atanatari, who in the first years of the sun and moon wandered into the north of the world. To Hildorian there came no Vala to guide men, or to summon them to dwell in Valinor, and men have feared the Valar rather than loved them, and have not understood the purposes of the powers, being at variance with them and at strife with the world. Ulmo nonetheless took thought for them, aiding the counsel and will of Manwe, and his messages came often to them by stream and flood. But they have not skill in such matters, and still less had they in those days before they had mingled with the elves. Therefore they loved the waters, and their hearts were stirred, but they understood not the messages. Yet it is told that ere long they met dark elves in many places, and were befriended by them, and men became the companions and disciples in their childhood of these ancient folk, wanderers of the elven race who never set out upon the paths to Valinor, and knew of the Valar only as a rumor and a distant name. Morgoth, 
had then not long come back into Middle-earth, and his power went not far abroad, and was moreover checked by the sudden coming of great light. There was little peril in the lands and hills, and there are new things, devised long ages before in the thought of Yavanna, and sown as seed in the dark, came at last to their budding and their bloom. West, north, and south, the children of men spread and wandered, and their joy was the joy of the morning before the dew is dry, when every leaf is green. But the dawn is brief, and the day full often belies its promise. And now the time drew on to the great wars of the powers of the north, when Noldor and Sindar and men strove against the hosts of Morgoth Bauglir, and went down in ruin. To this end, the cunning lies of Morgoth that he sowed of old, and sowed ever anew among his foes, and the curse that came of the slaying at Alqualande, and the oath of Feanor, were ever at work. Only a part is here told of the deeds of those days, and most is said of the Noldor and the Silmarils and the mortals that became entangled in their fate. In those days, elves and men were of like stature and strength of body, but the elves had greater wisdom and skill and beauty. And those who had dwelt in Valinor and looked upon the powers as much surpassed the dark elves in these things as they in turn surpassed the people of mortal race. Only in the realm of Doriath, whose queen Melian was of the kindred of the Valar, did the Sindar come near to match the Caliquendi of the Blessed Realm. Immortal were the elves, and their wisdom waxed from age to age, and no sickness nor pestilence brought death to them. Their bodies indeed were, f were of the stuff of earth, and could be destroyed, and in those days they were more like to the bodies of men, since they had not so long been inhabited by the fire of their spirit, which consumes them from within in the courses of time. But men were more frail, more easily slain by weapon or mischance, and less easily healed, subject to sickness and many ills, and they grew old and died. What may befall their spirits after death, the elves know not. Some say that they go to the halls of Mandos, but their place of waiting there is not that of the elves. And Mandos, under Iluvatar alone, save Manwe, knows whither they go after the time of recollection in those silent halls beside the outer sea. None have ever come back from the mansions of the dead, save only Baron, son of Barahir, whose hand had touched a Silmaril, but he never spoke afterward to mortal men. The fate of men after death, maybe, is not in the hands of the Valar, nor was all foretold in the music of the Ionur. In after days, when because of the triumph of Morgoth, elves and men became estranged, as he most wished, those of the elven race that live still in Middle-earth waned and faded, and men usurped the sunlight. Then the Quendi wandered in the lonely places of the great lands and the isles, and took to the moonlight and the starlight, and to the woods and caves, becoming as shadows and memories, 
save those who ever and anon set sail into the west and vanished from Middle-earth. But in the dawn of years, elves and men were allies and held themselves akin. And there were some among men that learned the wisdom of the Eldar and became great and valiant among the captains of the Noldor. And in the glory and beauty of the elves and in their fate, full share had the offspring of elf and mortal, Arendil and Elwing, and Elrond, their child. So in summary, at the first rising of the sun, the mankind, the second children of Iluvatar, awake in the far east. Their main distinction from the elves is that they suffer illness and die in old age, and they are aloof from the Valar, and they prefer the light of the sun to starlight. Men quickly spread across Middle-earth and befriend the elves. So my first question, which name for the men do you identify <laughs> with the most? Let's see. Where was that? I like heavy-handed? The heavy-handed? <laughs> Where is it? I'm trying to find it's, it. It's uh, in, the, in the third sort of paragraph. Yeah. The Atani, they were named by the Eldar, the second people, but they called them also Hildor, the followers, and many other names, Apanoa, Apanona, the afterborn, Engwa, the sickly, and Firima, the mortals. And they named them usurpers, the strangers, and the inscrutable, the self-cursed, the heavy-handed, the night-fearers, the children of the sun, of men little is told in these tales that's a lot of names <laughs> yeah it, it kind of um makes you think too that there were different groups of elves who had different encounters with men some of them were kind of kind of neutral encounters you know where they're the inscrutable maybe or like you know they're just kind of mysterious but others saw them as the self-curse so they must have had some experience of them that was like these people are terrible if I was going to have to pick, I'd probably have to pick the self-cursed. The self <laughs> I like afterbirth or afterborn. Uh, uh, yeah, afterborn. Yeah, yeah, it says after. it, it's not talking about placenta. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I love uh, I love this description of men because it, it feels like yeah, that's me. Like I feel like I after reading this, I'm like I wish I was an elf. They're so uh, <laughs> they're more beautiful, they're more skilled, they heal better, all that. The um, night fairers is a cool. I don't know, yeah. it sounds cool. Yeah. Even though it's like actually you're just afraid of the dark. <laughs> you're afraid of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what we should start calling our children. Yeah. Come here, you little night fairies. It's cool. Um, I noticed that it had a little spoiler there for Baron, who is a boy, not a girl, and Lucian is a girl, not a boy. What? I know these things. And he came back from the mansions of the dead. What? Okay, Tolkien spoilers. Yep, that's cool. Yeah, that you is read about Baron cool. later. Okay, yeah. so real quick, a couple of questions for you guys who probably know this. 
Um, is this the first time we've heard of dark elves? No. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, so, they, or, I guess that would be the more Quendi, which we have to go back to our sundering chart. But those are the ones yeah, yeah. who um, never saw the light. They right never, here. they never went to Amon. So, um, dark elves would be, which is kind of interesting because we don't really hear about them very much. Yes, have we? Have we heard them being referred to as dark elves? Yes. Okay. Um, that's Quendi. We've heard, we, That's the same. That's the same term. The ones who never right, saw but, the light of the trees. That's what that means. Yes, same up. term, but is it another way of saying the same term? And we haven't heard dark elves. We've only ever heard Moriquendi. Well, I think when it introduced them, it said Moriquendi, meaning dark elves or something like that. I'm going to do a word. In a previous chapter? Yeah, it was way okay. early in the beginning. Um, and then Morgoth uh, Borglir, is this a new... Is this a new uh, name for him that we haven't heard before or have did we hear that before and just pass over it i don't know i don't i don't remember hearing that term boggly yeah, me, me neither uh you don't remember it in this reading today once. or previously only mentioned once i did a word search wait for boggler boggler yeah yeah in our readings it's only mentioned once in the whole silmarillion that's crazy what it's okay that's so so weird mean? I don't know, but I'm sure yeah. there's etymology that I'm looking it up. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, well, while then... you're looking that up, I wanted to mention something that Morgoth. It says about Morgoth. Um, it's right after that. It says, "To this end, the cunning lies of Morgoth, that he sowed of old and sowed ever anew among his foes." It's kind of like that line, like the devil doesn't have any new tricks or whatever. You know, he doesn't really. He's not creative, really. He just kind of keeps doing the same old thing and it keeps working yeah on the, it's like on the we night viewers earlier in earlier episodes that he can only corrupt that which is good and that is what evil is it's not a creative mm -hmm. power it is the and, yeah distortion of something already created and when he was making his music it was like that constant banging or like droning like sound it just like Wow. I always, I, I really, I think of the music from um, Mad Max. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the weird, like, dude who's playing guitar. It's just this, like, constant droning, just, like, in-your-face, rhythmic, non-stop, loud. Bowglier, so this is the first time it's mentioned, but it's actually mentioned a total of five times in the Silmarillion. Okay. And it means the constrainer. Ooh. Hmm. Ugh. So it's interesting that's the first time we would hear it. So it says, it's kind of strange that we don't, he didn't explain what it meant or give the. You know. Well, he never does that. He always just renames people and doesn't <laughs> like tell us, give us any warning. Um, okay, so the use, the, I, I, the theme of usurping and calling men usurpers, and then, and then uh, that's what the elves call them, I guess. But then later on, it said. Um, in after days when because of the triumph of Morgoth elves and men became estranged as he most wished that's cunning first of all those of the elven race that live still in Middle Earth waned and faded and men usurped the sunlight what does that mean I'm in charge mm. now not you son how, how do you usurp sunlight 
I don't know. I mean, elsewhere it says that they prefer the sunlight, but I don't know how that's usurping it. It's a good question. Is that a rhetorical oh. question? I, I wonder. I do. No. Well, <laughs> no, I was I was trying to find that spot. It's the last paragraph. It's in the last paragraph. That's correct. Yeah. I do think. Um, I do wonder if it's more of like a a um, figurative way of saying that the elves, because it goes on to say that they preferred the night and the dark and the moonlight and the starlight. And we see this in Lord of the Rings when um, Frodo's first leaving the Shire. Frodo and Sam are first leaving the Shire, and they encounter some elves on the trail in the that are just walking in the starlight and. They kind of they do kind of have this affinity for well that's what they I mean we've heard this again and again that they do have an affinity for the stars because they were born in darkness, but the men were born in light. Hmm. So maybe just that's like Batman but, or but, but, yeah, just like Bane. Bane, <laughs> Batman and Bane. <laughs> um but but the except that the elves don't fear the sun. Um but maybe they kind of feel it doesn't say they prefer it. it. It doesn't say they prefer it. It says that they took to it, which makes me think um, the, the Quendi wandered in lonely places of great lands and took to the moon, moonlight and the starlight, which is kind of, it makes me think, it makes me think that there was not a, like a rivalry of power, but you can see that, okay, well, there's the men kind of are dominating the sunlight. Hmm. Let's, we like our loneliness. Yeah. We like our lonely right. places. So, hmm. I guess that means we have to be night people because it's in the same it's in the same sentence so like yeah. um here's what it says so it, it talks about elves and men become estranged you know as morgoth wished and then it explains what it means by that like what the consequences are um men usurp the sunlight and then the quendi wandered in the lonely places of the great lands and took to the moonlight and the starlight that's a good way to read it that's interesting. And it's I guess like, usurped in this case could just mean taking control of. Well, because men would sleep during the night. Yeah. And if yeah. they're dominating the, the daytime all brashly. And if you that, want to avoid them because you're estranged, like, yeah. I guess nighttime is, is our time. Yeah, but the, the interesting thing is it's not like the elves ever possessed the sun or the sunlight or the day because they... If anything, well, I don't know. I mean, if anything, the men kind of appeared during the first day. and But the elves had been around in darkness for a long time. Like, if anything, they kind of possessed the, the night. Right, because they are called the children of the sun. And in, in this case, the Quendi are the children of darkness. So, you, yes. Yeah. But, Greg... My counter rejoinder rebuttal mm. says mm. that um, the last paragraph begins in after days. So I think this is giving like a kind of a short history of men because it's they begin with the first sunrise. But then towards the end of this chapter, it, it describes what happens in after days mm. when the triumph of Morgoth, when because of the triumph of Morgoth. So it's talking about when Morgoth takes more control this is what happens to elves and men. So men and, become more yeah. in the daytime. And the elves could technically claim ownership over the two lights in the sky because, I mean, that's they're like connected to the the the, the trees, right? Well, I guess, but I, I mean, it's really the Valar's like creation and doing, and I don't know. I mean, I I'm not willing to concede yet, though. Counter rebuttal, <laughs> tables turned. I just think. Um, 
I'm not saying uh, you're right. You're right. In after days, it says, but in former days, they they did live in the darkness of starlight, and they did. So oh, before the sun came. Before the sun came, yeah, yeah. and before the trees, and um, they were, if you recall, they were born in darkness. Yeah, um, they were born yeah. after the lamps were spilled, but before the trees were established. So, um, but didn't the, but didn't the Valar give the light to the elves? Before well, the, it was the sun. We did read earlier that um, they they made the sun in part for the coming of men, because they were concerned okay. for men who didn't. They didn't think they didn't want to be so involved in the affairs of Middle Earth, but they didn't want to just leave them, you know, under Morgoth's control and, and terror. So, I don't what, know. I, what does uh What does our audience think? I'd love to I hear. Know, we gotta hear the what you guys think. Um, Discord is now open, right, Greg? <laughs> we had problems with the Discord link, but it, in Greg's word, he now made it eternal. So it's an eternal link. It will never, never die. Yeah. So that link works. I guess I could just update that on every episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. You could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that. Um, I did. I had one question for you guys. Uh, maybe this is kind of getting at what we're talking about. But um, what do you think of just the difference between men and elves and more broadly because i think they do talk about this a bit like um you know just the sickliness of humans they don't, I don't know where they quickly. got that from though it doesn't explain it here it just says that they become more frail like they're it doesn't explain why oh, they're, they're, I, took it, I took it more as like that description where it says elves are inhabited by the fire of their spirit. There's like a there's a certain strengths and stuff that yeah, but it is, says it says like in those days, elves and men were of like stature and strength of body, but the but, elves had greater wisdom and skill and beauty. Um, and then it says later, maybe the well, maybe, maybe the men just, were maybe, maybe the men were all dying of ugliness yeah. and unskill. That's what yeah. afflicted them. Yeah. None of us have died yet, so that's a good sign on. <laughs> None of us. We're skillful and beautiful. Our hair. He's the only one who's died. Okay, so it's just saying that men are like that. One of the differences is that men are more frail and more well, easily well, slain. Speak for yourself, Dan. <laughs> women are are stronger and yeah, women less likely to be slain because they don't do stupid things like right. Get I don't know. Women are better than men. If you like what you hear, go ahead and rate us three somewhere else out of three. Watch the podcast on YouTube because we show charts and we show Dan's beard. Um, and join our conversation on our Twitter and brand new Discord channel. The link is in the description. And send in any comments or questions or fiery opinions to beforethefellowship at gmail.com. And join us next week as we read The Greatest Story You've Never Heard, The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. Bye.